Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Down. Five. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Happy Tuesday to you, January 10th, 2023. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio, 96.1 FM in the Louisville area, 1450 AM in the Louisville area. We appreciate you tuned in on this Tuesday morning, January 10th, 2023. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. How's everybody doing? Uh, we're doing. We're doing. I got a good night's sleep because, um, <laughs> thanks, Georgia. Thanks for helping us rest up, get our catch our Z's yeah, for our Monday absolute, morning show. What an absolute Tuesday morning show. Yeah, Scoots, I was, I was with you. I, I wanted uh, TCU to have a little fight in them. They did not. That's You know, I don't ever really sit down for the national championship, not, at least not every year. But I sat down for this one. I was expecting a somewhat decent game. Didn't get what, that. What do you? I don't understand that, Scoots. What do you mean you don't sit down to watch every national championship? What else do you have to do on a Monday night in January? I mean, I just don't care about college football most years. My team sucks. But it's the national championship game. What else are you gonna watch? I don't on get Monday? it. I mean, I don't. I don't usually sit down and watch it from the start. I guess is what is how you could say it. Normally, I'll catch like bits and pieces of it. But that was like appointment television for me last night. The the thing about last night's game that was shocking um, was that there was very little counterpunch. And even if they did have a counterpunch, I mean, there was just one counterpunch. That was it. And it was a blown coverage. And Max Duggan just had zero time to throw. Georgia, for as much as we talked about their defense, like their offense is actually what did it this year for them. They were not very good at putting pressure on the quarterback. Kentucky was the worst team in Power 5 football at protecting the quarterback this year. And Levis got sacked only like twice in that game. I think that might have even been the season low. So I thought like at least like, okay, you protect Max Duggan, give him some time to throw. He'll be able to score some points similar to Ohio State, right? Like they they gave C.J. Stroud some time to throw. He was able to put up some points. Um, But no, wasn't the case. Any sort of pressure on Max Duggan, it was a turnover. They were deer in the headlights. They were spooked. Um, and I, at least last night served as confirmation, though, that I thought whoever was going to win that Ohio State-Georgia game was going to win at all. Um, 
Michigan, you bums. Can't believe you lost that. Harbaugh, get out now while you can, buddy, because you're not going to – you ain't winning anything. And the other thing, too, that I'm not I'm not too super upset about, but there is a um, – like, like my wife asked me, she's like, well, would you rather have two awesome playoff games and a bad championship game or bad semifinal games and a good championship? And it's like, well – We've kind of had the other so far, right? We're like almost every year there was seemingly a really bad semifinal game that was a blowout. Mm-hmm. But then we got good national championships. I, I think what the expanded playoff is going to do is that you're going to have a couple early competitive games, but eventually just the better teams are going to win. And once every four or five years, uh, we're going to have a Cinderella pull off two upsets or wh- whatever it might be. Like, an overmatched team will get into the final, and then they're just going to get smoked, like what we saw last night. Turns out, uh, TJ, uh, the SEC, it just means more. It really does. Four straight national championships for the best conference in football. It will never get old to me uh, doing the SEC trolling online and people being getting all worked up about it, not realizing that we're doing it as a bit you, you fell for it but you know they'd fall for it every single year that being said i mean there really is no like debate the sec is a tier above every other football conference the big 10 behind it and then i think a pretty significant drop off to the big 12 i guess acc i you know it's they're it's and it's going to only widen when you get USC, UCLA to the Big Ten, and then obviously Oklahoma and Texas over to the SEC. But uh, I, I don't know how people wouldn't want an expanded college football playoff after last night. I'm having an argument with uh, an acquaintance of mine on social media before the show today, and he was saying how this is a perfect example of how they don't need to expand the playoffs. And well, I, I, I cannot quite figure out how that makes any sense because at all. You, this is the last game of it it wasn't the final four that we got two weeks ago that's the expanded playoff that's the fun part that's the, uh, that's the expanded playoff is supposed to weed out last night that's what an expanded college football mm-hmm. playoff will do now what it really is going to do and i think this is why people are ultimately not against it there's it's going to be all sec exactly. championships. See, it's going to be all sec semifinals potentially yeah and people don't want that but you'd but, rather have like do you want the best teams playing for the championship or do you or want not? it to be well represented which is a bunch of bull crap because what this is what happens when we get equal representation all right just get the best in there that's what matters because we need we didn't see alabama georgia this year that is that 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 should have happened, right? Because it felt like Georgia exactly wasn't. They, they were definitely not as good as they were a year ago. Defensively, not as good. Offensively, probably a little bit better. Yeah. But ultimately, probably a little bit worse than last year's. And season. they didn't play like their cross divisional West opponent was Mississippi State. Like that just didn't. Uh, I'm, you know, Mississippi State was Mississippi good State this year. Was a top twenty five team. But like, yeah. They, but they they never got challenged. They got challenged once by one of those juggernaut teams. And here's what's crazy. I, did um, who gave him a run, Scoots? Missouri. Missouri did play okay. him close. They did play like him close. A weird game, but where, um, yeah. I believe Kentucky held him to their lowest point total all year, though. Not they mistaken. did. Oh, that's a post on KSR today. Big old suckety suck 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 it. Um, but I, I think the overall point though is that like I, I'm I'm really looking forward to the playoff though when it's like it should be half of half the field should be SEC Big Ten teams. 
It really should. People don't want to hear that. And there are always the opportunities, and I think we probably saw that to some degree last night. I mean, Georgia would have blown out Michigan. It wouldn't have been probably as bad as it was last night, but they would have won that game. Uh, That being said, there can be upsets in the expanded college football playoffs where you could potentially get a blowout in the semifinals, or maybe there's a Cinderella run and the team just runs out of gas in the championship. And and I'm not saying that you won't get blowouts when an expanded college football playoff, but the high percentages would suggest that you would get more competitive national championship games. Just the way that it'll go. You'll get better teams. More times than not, better teams will advance. If that means the SEC, it means the SEC. Alabama lost two games by a combined four points, both on the road. The final AP poll says both those teams were top 16 teams. You're telling me they, they didn't deserve a chance at a national championship? Of course they did. They lost two games by a combined four points, both on the road, to top 16 teams. The, the SEC is, is not equal to the other conferences. So... It's tougher. It's tougher to survive out of the SEC and then make it to that big stage. And I think some people just like the system we have now. They realize that, Roush. They realize the SEC is better than other conferences, but the the grind of the SEC automatically eliminates all but sometimes two teams, potentially, from the college football playoffs, and they just don't want it to be all SEC. They want it to be equal representation across the country or be able to have a West Coast team or a team from the North or the Northeast and uh, not just so heavy on on SEC. If that's your preference, it's your preference. I'm sure logic and rationale is not going to change your mind, but if you do want the best teams competing for the championship, expand that college football playoff and then watch the SEC and the Big Ten from time to time cook and let the other chips fall where they may. Uh, That's exactly what we'll have. Speaking of Alabama, is Alabama still Alabama, or is Georgia the new Alabama? Oh, that was the fun hot take that David Pollock had sitting next to Nick Saban, which I'm sure means next year uh, the Crimson Tide are going to be awesome. Um, But, like, that's – you know, we we love to do hot takes uh, scoots on this here radio show, but like I'll save that for the people on ESPN because um, that that is that's very much a like. No, Alabama's still Alabama. To answer your question, there's just I think it's got a twin now, now and its name is Georgia. Now there is um, something to like and twin like it, like really what this all comes down to. A lot of it is recruiting and the fact that Georgia figured out their offense with Todd Munkin as their offense coordinator. Kirby struggled with his offense. Until Munkin came to town. But they're still recruiting at a similar rate. And actually, Alabama was better this year. Alabama, if they can get Cormani McLean, who was the cornerback that was committed to Miami, but Florida was kicking the tires, now Alabama is. If they get Cormani McLean, I think they'll have six players ranked number one at their position this year. And it'll be the highest-ranked recruiting class ever. So, like, that's where a lot of this goes back to, um, is just the Jimmys and Joes. And they're still getting the Jimmys and Joes. They just lost a couple of heartbreakers as of late. And I think some of it has to do with having a bigger target on their back and playing a more difficult schedule. What I'm really curious about, uh, look at Georgia's schedule next year. It's bad. Uh, it's really, really bad. Uh, they, they get Ole Miss at home as their cross-divisional West opponent. That's like a surprise. They, they're going to play at Hugh Freeze's Auburn. I'm sure that's terrifying. But in uh, Kentucky, they get to host the Cats. So... Uh, Tennessee, I guess, would be their toughest game, and they go there. But, like, I mean, is, 
is Joe Milton going to scare you or the volleyball player? I don't think so. There, there, there's a chance for a three-peat. Where things get interesting and where it really becomes fun with this expanded playoff is when you do take out the when you take out the divisions and it becomes more year to year and you get a little bit like I, I think there's a higher chance that you're going to have the best teams playing each other on a annual or semi-annual basis. In the regular season, you mean? Yes, yes. Because, like... It may, I mean, it'll just be kind of luck of the schedule, right? It, it, it'll be luck of the schedule, but also I just think if... There's no, there's less of a chance that one division is just going to get loaded or be weaker or whatever. Well, there won't be divisions. Be. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, you're not going to have... Like, right now, Georgia is just... Nobody's even coming close to them. We're like... As Alabama, you know, they've got some that are they're sniffing at their heels a little bit. When they get rid of the divisions, ultimate, more times than not, you will be right. But there could be a break where you'll look at it. And it won't be so much necessarily the, the randomize of the schedule. It'll be more the randomize of, well, this team just lost. It's all of it. They're good seniors. Now they're going to have a down year. Of course, this is the year Alabama gets them on the road. But that, you know, you play them last year, would have been a much tougher game. This year, not as good as a team. But I agree with your take. Sometimes, though, you will have the non-division schedule where you'll look at a Georgia or an Alabama, fingers crossed, maybe someday a Kentucky, and you'll say, like, oh, man, they got a ton of breaks. Look at the way that schedule sets up for them this year. But more times than not, I agree with you, where it'll be more competitive regular season games across the board. Uh, they haven't really said how they're going to do it, but I guess it'd just no. be rotating. Yeah. Will they have any, like, built-in rivalries? I imagine they probably would want to. Right, right, and that was that'll be a fun – Point of contention at the spring meetings once again uh, this May uh, down in San Destin. Um, but Sankey at least alluded to it recently. He also made some news. Uh, but before I get to the news that Sankey made before the championship game, um, I, I made that joke like, oh, time to get rid of divisions. Like, like Kentucky's going to probably face a Georgia or Alabama. Like, you're going to face one of those awesome guys under this new schedule, I think, almost annually. I just don't think that the chances of you having to play two like UK is next year or should be lower. And there might be a year where you do actually catch it where you get a break mm-hmm. and you don't have to play any. You might get that in a two-year cycle. But I still think for the most part, you're going to have to play one of those teams that is just an ass kicker. And like that's just going to be the SEC. Yeah, if I if, if from a UK interest specifically, I think getting rid of divisions hurts UK. Just because you could have a year where it's like you have Georgia, you have Alabama, you're on the road at Texas, you also get Oklahoma this season. Vanderbilt's not on the schedule this year, and that like ultimately you're while the East is owned right now by Georgia, I still like those games against Missouri, South Carolina, yeah, Vanderbilt because yeah, yeah. those are easier opponents than some alternatives than you could get from the West once it all meshes together. But they're getting they're getting rid of them, and UK you can't just sit on your butt and cry and whine about it. You got to get ready to compete. I think Roush is ultimately right for the for the good of the conference. It'll be better, and when, when they're doing that, when Texas and Oklahoma join, in what year? Uh, there's still supposed to be 2025, but they've had talks of it happening sooner. Basically, they want to get it done when they have the new playoff, which is not next year, but the year after 2024. Yes. Correct. Yeah, so that, that seems like that would make sense. Uh, the news that Sankey did make, though, before the playoffs started out in uh, California, which um, another thing too, how, that stadium, five billion dollars, they put a roof on it and it still can rain through the roof. I don't understand how that 
Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. I, I guess they just were like, it doesn't rain here that much, so we'll be all right. And then in the national championship game, it rains. Well, and then when they had the Rose Bowl, it was rainy. So how about you just don't – like, they don't really play football out there anyway. There's no reason to play any important games out in California anymore. Just take them all out. Who cares? I agree. They don't care about sports west of the Rocky Mountains. You won't You won't get any argument. Uh, I mean, imagine being a TCU fan and going to that game. And, I mean, you kind of had to. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, now, I mean, if you went to – you probably would be like, glad we went to the semifinal game. Sorry, can't afford the national championship. That would be a much better trip. But that would yes. be an expensive trip getting out there. Yeah. And then just to lose by 58 points. So the roof has holes on the sides is how the rain got in. So it, it was, It's built to not have rain, but Mother Nature found its flaw, basically. Well, and it, so it was all gusting in with the wind. Yeah. Okay, okay. That makes more sense than it just was Imagine raining through. making a billion-dollar stadium. Five and billion then, dollar. And then having the, the Mother Nature just instantly be able to be like, oh, well, no, <laughs> sorry. Cool roof, but yeah, yeah, you should have spent a cool little. Maybe six bud. six billion could have fixed this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Sankey said, "Hey, we got to end the early signing period." That was the big um, news that came from um, that that he was willing to share out there. And Mark Stoops had kind of, like, I felt like I could see this coming the way he had talked about it, the way that other coaches had talked about it. December has th- this was the first time you had actual transfer portal windows in December. And it was just too much to try to actually like it's one thing to do some recruiting and host visitors. It's another thing to have to sign a class while signing portal players while hiring like it, it was just a lot. And the most logical and easiest way to remedy the solution is just to go back to the old signing day. Um, and Greg Sankey said that, so that means it leads me to believe that it's going to happen. I don't know how quickly. So you think the early signing period is going to get? It's done. Okay. It's done. And I had somebody. Why did reach- they do it in the first place? Well, I mean, this isn't like ancient history. This all happened what, like four years ago? Yeah, something five, maybe. Do you remember why they wanted it so badly? Just, so they felt like I think UK I, I think pushed. I, rem- I think I remember it. UK pushed for it because they felt like they got a lot of people to flip when the big schools got extra time That's to focus their attention and drop their bags back when it was illegal People, to drop bags. Schools like Kentucky and plenty of others, they wanted to lock in their commitments and not feel like they had to keep whining and dining for an additional two months. Especially after the season ends when those places, those other schools that have 50-person support staffs can just, you know, I didn't even know this was being talked about until you just brought this up this morning. But, hell, yeah, get rid of that early signing period, especially with the transfer portal where it's at nowadays. If I'm a high school recruit, I want as much time to be able to make this decision as needed, and I want to see how the transfer portal shakes out before Mm -hmm. I have to sign on the dotted line in in some scenarios. Some people may just know exactly where they want to go. It doesn't matter what the school does or who they bring in or whatnot. But for some people, it matters, especially for people that may want to make an impact as soon as possible. Give them more time. And secondly, it seems like all the coaches just whine and complain about bowl season and the signing period and recruiting. So, And, and coaches love to whine. But go ahead and get rid of it. Yeah, that's great. I, now come to think of it, why do they even do it? You're good. Good. Yeah. Uh, so that's it's heading that way. And I know some people might, um, like for so long, we were told that the early signing period is a good thing for Kentucky. We have those kind of takes just built into our – 
the way we think about all of this. And I had somebody, re- you know, respond on Twitter without clicking on the link, right? Like they didn't read the, the, all of the Stoops comments about how much he hates it and all this st- stuff now. But the reality is, is just the landscape has changed dramatically where you just don't need it in order to feel like you get an edge from the big schools. And also, they're competing against the big schools in the early signing period, too. Like, it's not any different. It's just more to do. And the other thing that I think is just, like, these kids should have their day. These high school kids should have their day. And shuffling the deck with the transfer portal and all that stuff, I mean, half of the signing day press conference with Stoops this year, we just spent asking about Devin Leary. You know what I mean? Like, Give, let's have the, the portal day be our new early signing period, and we can have signing day in February be their time. Give, give a little bit more breathing room. And then you can spend the month of December as your transfer portal visit time, and then now January becomes high school recruiting visit time. And this kind of lull in the college football calendar, right now this is the quietest time in the college football calendar. Boom, you fill it with recruiting. It's perfect. Just go back to the way it was. It Good was point. nice. They tried it out. Things change. So let's go back. Let's let's go back to it. I still wish they'd have like a signing day for the transfer portal, which <laughs> right now is it's so facto when semesters start basically for mm-hmm. for a lot of people. But I, I wish it was just like, hey, by January fifteenth, portal closes. Where you're enrolled is where you're enrolled, or you know you can make it whatever date you, you you'd want, but. Once it's once it's set up, it's set up, and uh, you can't go anywhere afterwards. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm all I'm all for that. Didn't realize that that was on the table. Absolutely it's in the, it's should in the be. Works. And uh, well, good stuff. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. T.J. Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Text on into the Thornton's text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Sometimes I listen to other radio shows and they'll say their call in or text numbers so quickly. So let me slow it down. Five zero two. Four, one, four, fourteen, fifty. Hey. And we, after the show yesterday, I know not everybody's on the Twitter, and I understand that, but we got on a Twitter space, and we just finished the text line from over the weekend. Took about an additional 20 to 30 minutes or so. And it's still there if you want to go look at it, uh, watch it, view it. Uh, kind of an uncensored Kentucky roll call, if you will. S- said some potty words. Scoots, I mean, you got to get that mic. Yeah, fi- fix your damn microphone. My goodness. We show up. He wants us to come in the studio you. so badly, and then we can't even hear him talk when we're in the studio. My gosh, Scoots. Scooter Magooter. Sad. And he, he went, he's gone away from just doing the computer stuff when we go remotely, and guess what happened yesterday? Microphone problems. Yeah, uh, so the dong's not working, I guess? Dong. Oh, the dong's working. That's the ladies in Walmart. We finished up the text light, uh, the text line yesterday, and uh, glad that we did because the text and we were jam packed again. Keep them coming in five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. But we've got a lot to discuss today. Uh, we spent the first segment talking college football national championship game, Georgia's blowout of TCU. But there is a lot more to get to, including. A really, really fun, interesting Thornton's text line, which mm-hmm. when I think of Thornton's, I think of fun. I think of interesting. Oh, man, and I think of the donut that my dad brought over for my son yesterday. Got one for Duke, but not for not for me. 
Well, they're so big. No way Duke could eat an entire Thornton's donut. No offense. Oh. I can hardly eat an it's entire. A, it's it keeps you him can't for a eat while. an entire Thornton's donut. It's wild. They're ginormous. Uh, they're huge. They're delicious. They're fresh every single morning, along with their breakfast sandwiches. Everything they've got going on at Thornton's is good and delicious. And you can check it out for free when you become a Refresher Rewards member. Download the Thornton's app, and you will get breakfast on the house. It's great to wake up with KRC, and it's even better when you're enjoying some Thornton's breakfast. Check them out today. We're going to hit our first break, and we're going to bring it back around. It is a game day edition of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, but we are not going to be talking about the Gamecocks and the Cats when we return, although we will be talking U.K. basketball. We'll be right back. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Kevin. Yeah. That is my name. Yeah. They call me Kevin. Yeah. Because that's my name. Roll call. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. No Kevin's here, but this is Roll Call. Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio 96.1 FM 1450 AM. Catch us wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Kentucky Roll Call. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Tuesday game day morning. Scooter Magooter. Eastern Michigan plays tonight. Oh, who they got? Coming off a big win. Wow. So is that a two-game lead? Yeah, yeah two-game lead. So what is it, four to two? Four to two. That's good night. <laughs> if, they win tonight, up, if they win tonight, it's over. They, they take on Western Michigan, and they're only three-and-a-half-point underdogs. That makes you think it's attainable. They were also an underdog against Central Michigan and got the dub. So, Oh, you can thank Tony Barbie for that. Yeah. Hell yeah, let's get it. Our producers at Big X Sports Radios, I'm sure 90% of regular KRC listeners know, have a $500 bet who has more total wins between Eastern Michigan basketball and the University of Louisville basketball. And the scoreboard reads here as we roll into double-digit days in January, 4-2. to two. Real barn burner mm-hmm. between those teams. But I think Scoots is going to get 500 smackers from one Trevor Kelsey. Did Trevor acknowledge the Eastern Michigan win yesterday? I think yesterday was his first day back. Nobody takes more days off than Trevor Kelsey in the radio world. Yeah, he's got to be getting nervous, I would imagine. One one, one would think. Uh, but good stuff. Congrats to you, Scoots. And uh, Bulletie's Beast still wants to know when he can take us out to dinner. But I, I said, Scoots, that if you're not in, if you got to be included. You'll have to find the time, of course, but you'll you have to be included. Oh, scoots in his microphone. <sighs> Roush, wild day yesterday. Yeah, wild day, wild day. It was. Um, Mike's pissing me off. <laughs> I saw the Travis Brainham report, and uh, it was it was like the the Joker uh, gift. The here <laughs> we go. You just knew that it was uh, going to be unleashed. And that, my favorite part of Travis Brainham's report. Uh, he's the 24-7 sports national analyst who said that Texas has contacted John Calipari about their vacant head coaching position. My favorite part was that he was like, they're both going to deny it, but it's happening through back channels. Um, and as the he wrapped it up by saying, I anticipate if the price is right and they make a competitive offer, then he'll walk. Um, and a little bit of background on Brandon, like he's – a former Kentucky basketball manager, 
correct? Yes. And lives still lives in Lexington. Correct. But he's, I mean, he hasn't done anything Kentucky-centric in 10 years or so. Um, I, I guess he's about 28, 29, 30, some odd year old reporter that I, I mean, he's 24-7's lead scoop guy since Evan Daniels went out. So, like, you have to trust that what he's hearing, there's substance behind it. I don't think anybody was trying to dispute it. Um, naturally, I think the Texas AD said, we haven't spoke to anybody. We're just waiting to hear from we're, – we're waiting to we're, – we're happy our associate head coach is still winning. Um, and then Cal Perry said something similar on the coaches show last night. But it got everybody talking. It got everybody fired up because it's one thing to see just a name on a hot board. It's another thing to have a report that, like, okay, there's some stuff happening here. And so now there's a little bit of smoke to this. And I just, I, I love it. I love the, the chaos that unfolded because you've got takes falling left and right. Uh, my take was, I, I went, I, I zigged and zagged and just went for like, can't have Mitch Barnhart hiring another coach. Which I've said plenty of times here on here, on podcasts, with just casual conversations. I just don't want Mitch Barnhart hiring any person. Um, I just don't. Like, you, you're, dude, you're... You are college basketball. You represent everything that was college sports 10 years ago. College sports are different now. You've got your Barnhart Family Athletic Complex. I appreciate everything you've done. Let's move on. Um, naturally, yeah, I, they got they got some response, but for the most... It there was, are some Mitch Barnhart defenders out there. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I heard from a few of them yesterday as well. They were like, you think UK Athletics is in a bad state right now? I maybe didn't use... I think I said a mess... Which you know, if you have a problem with that wording, then use the wording you know, of your choice. But you have a lot of programs that seemingly are trending in the wrong direction, and we we have to just understand that we can be appreciative for what Mitch Barnhart has done, but also call out the fact that he has made some horrible hires in his tenure as the athletic director. He's made some good ones. Make no mistake about it. He's made some good ones, but. Shouldn't an athletic director make some good hires? Shouldn't an athletic director yeah. make mostly good hires, ideally? Yeah. But let's not let, let's not forget his track record is not not even close to a hundred percent. I think it's below fifty percent, to be honest. If we broke it down, if you want to go, if you want to play this game, which I don't even, I'm just saying, like athletic directors shouldn't hire this many coaches. Like it's been too long. We need new blood. Like that's just same thing. Like, you need new leadership after a while. It just gets stale. Only one athletic director has been around longer, and it's Oklahoma's Joe Castiglio. Like, it's just too long. But if you get into the hiring game, if you look at who he's hired lately, um, he just removed an interim tag from Kyra Elsey. She won uh, tar- She won the SEC last year. M- more than – or SEC tournament. Something Matthew Mitchell never did. But outside of that, it's it's not been great, and she's got her own drama going on with Dreon Edwards now and a transfer, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, the the other major hire he made recently was Nick Mangione. Like it's not even so much the hire with Nick Mangione; it's the lack of fire with Nick Mangione. Yeah, yeah, it's the lack of accountability. Now, uh, going into the pandemic season, I remember after the 2019 season, it was like, okay, this is not looking good. And then the pandemic, and, and we knew the next season was going to be horrible, but the pandemic canceled it, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh no, it means we're going to be stuck with this guy on, another man. year. Nope, not only another year. Another year, and then another year, 
how much mediocrity does he want to see within the baseball program until there's just no life left in it at all? Yeah. Um, that was not a good hire, of course. You had the Billy Gillespie hire under his watch. Of course, you had the Joker Phillips promotion and that. He's overseeing all that. He is the athletic director. Well, and here's the thing, too, TJ. Mitch Barnhart's been around so long that he was here when coaching waiting was a popular trend among college sports. Like, that just, why is he still here? Like, I get it. He's hired some all time greats. Mark Stoops, winning his coach in his program. Rachel Lawson, winning his coach in her program. Craig Skinner, won a freaking national title at UK Volleyball. UK Men's John Soccer. Cal- yeah, Men's yeah. Soccer. John Cal- Like, he's made some objectively great hires. Mm-hmm. All of those people I mentioned, except for UK Men's Soccer, which was in the last, like, three years or so, those were all 15 years ago, man. Like, it's just, it's. I, 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 don't, I don't think it's crazy to want new leadership at a school where you've had the same president, the same athletic director, the same head football coach, the same basketball coach since we were in college. That's a long time, okay? That's a long time for college athletics. It's been stable, but things, they're going to start shaking up. And the first, surprisingly, like if we played this game, um, who'd be the first to go like two or three years ago? I don't think any of us would have picked John Calipari as the first to go, but it could happen. And I think the way that Branham, because Ben Roberts, I don't know if you saw his follow-up with Branham, TJ, uh, but Ben Roberts talked to him uh, at length. Uh, where, where, you know, He just got a little bit more of Branham's thinking behind some of this when he said, I think he'll walk. As part of it is he, he believed that things were starting to get stale when the UCLA stuff happened in 19. And that Cal was probably thinking about taking his talents elsewhere. And he sees it as more of a rationally – he sees Cal Perry as a rationally motivated actor where Cal can still do his recruit and he can still do all that thing that stuff at Texas. And there aren't a whole lot of opportunities where he can do his Cal thing and people are cool with it. They would be cool with him just like, all right, I'm going to bring a bunch of recruits and we're going to be fun for a while. Um, but yeah, that I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Texas has to um, pony up, if you will. But the crazy part is, is they don't have to pay a buyout for Beard, and they won't have to pay a buyout to get Cal. So like, it's a little extra spending money. Yeah, yeah, and, and I don't think they can probably match what Cal is making at UK, or if they maybe they could match it, but would they want to match it? I, I still one area that I'd love. Travis to kind of go talk a little bit more about is why why would Cal be at the top of Texas's list? Yeah. And you may say if anytime you can get a Hall of Fame head coach that has a national championship under his belt, you take it cuz that that's not a thing that happens in coaching searches. That's not a that's not a candidate that you can get. While I went on a little Twitter rant yesterday just giving my two cents which kind of I had said on Monday's Kentucky Roll Call, and we'll reiterate to some degree on today's show. I had some people saying, you know, TJ, who would you want to replace Cal with if that does happen? First and foremost, I want Calipari to be UK's head coach next year. I'm making that clear. And I think we're both on the same page. Ideally, Cal turns it around and Mm -hmm. And they're good next year. Yeah. Yeah. I, in my ideal world, it's he's just two more years and then. Walks. Sure, yeah. and and again, this is all 
you know, we, we don't know how it's all going to unfold and how it's all going to shake out. I don't want Kentucky to have a coaching search this season. I don't want it, you know, in a perfect <laughs> world, Calipari maybe wins the national championship, and then he says, you know what, maybe I'll coach Ian Jackson for one more year. I wouldn't have an issue with that either, but getting way ahead of ourselves with that. So I made a list of when the day does come that Calipari does leave. Here's a few names that I would like. We could go over that a little bit later on the show today. It's really not important. It's so just we can one, do it, it now it, if you want. It, it, okay. It's just one person's opinion on those names. But I had people coming back and saying, that guy hasn't done anything. He hasn't proven anything. UK, how many, UK's never hired a coach that has a national championship under their belt before. Point being, I get while Texas would be interested in John Calipari, but recent results would have to play into that decision-making process on their end. I don't know how Calipari would be option number one for them. I, I would be surprised by that. But if it does happen, I think Kentucky's in a win-win spot. And I tweeted that as much yesterday. If Texas does come and steal John Calipari, yes, you're going to be losing likely all of that recruiting class with the exception of Shepard. I would think that UK would do everything in their nil power, whatever nil punch it has, to try to keep like a Justin Edwards, Dillingham, I think is as good as gone. Wagner, one thousand yeah. percent gone. Bradshaw, I think you could I think you could maybe. Depending on the hire. Depending on the hire. But then it's a fresh start for everybody. You can get the fan base all potentially back on the same page. The toxic Stuff that's going on around the program would seize. You don't have to pay for him to go. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. And you get out of that lifetime contract, yeah. which was an inexplicable move by Mitch Barnhart. Yeah, that, was really dumb. that being said, if he stays, you get that recruiting class, which I, I, I agree with some people that were saying this on Twitter yesterday, and I know some people have said it on the Thornton's text line past. There's no guarantee that like that means UK is going to be dominant next year. No. I think recent history has shown that that you know it, it's certainly not a guarantee. However, I want to see it. I personally want to see it. If you don't, then that's fine. You're, everybody's entitled to their own opinions. So I think Kentucky's sort of in a win-win here. And Calipari was asked about it yesterday. He gave a canned answer, as we would all expect. I don't think he really can say... Without him coming out and just being like, I am not going anywhere as long as UK will have me. And that's a pro, you know, unless he like came out and did that, which I wouldn't really expect him to do. It's an interesting spot and it's an interesting situation. I wouldn't expect anybody at Texas to say anything. I wouldn't expect Cal or UK to say anything. Branham said as much. This is all going to be kind of behind the scenes. Trevor. I will be interested. One thing I do want is if Calipari does leave, I hope he's not going to try to like twist the knife in Kentucky. And I don't think that he would. I don't think it'd be like a coup behind all closed doors where he would leave and leave UK in a, in a terrible, terrible spot. Trevor asked Mike on the Rutherford show yesterday, if Cal leaves after this year, is it a failure in his tenure or a success? No. I don't think I mean, it has to be either one. Also, um, I think it'd be a... He went to four Final Fours in five years. Had start, a national start. championship. He's a national championship winner. Like it, it was, it was the most fun run of my lifetime, and it got stale at the end. They were saying that ninety percent of Kentucky fans would say that it's been a failure. Ninety no. percent. That's why I was just asking. No, no, no of no. course not. That's a horribly bad take, but I'd expect nothing less from them. Yeah, I, I would think that it would be split just because it really was kind of split on the success, like the first seven, eight years versus the last. Four or five were just different. They you have to were. think if like Kentucky has, I don't know, two coaches in that time span. 
I think ideally we'd want one more than one national championship, but having that amount of Final Fours would probably be realistic. Yeah, uh, we, it's just we, now we'd probably that we're want in a more, but yeah, yeah, it probably would realistically would want a, a couple more than that. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll see. We can have that dis- debate if he does leave. But uh, we're this radio show at least is definitively saying we do want Calipari for another year. What happens after that? We will give our opinions when that time unfolds, but we do want him uh, for another season. We want to see that recruiting class, and we want it to end on a better note whenever that yeah. day does come. Because, like you said, it was a hell of a uh, ride, and we've had a blast. And he said yesterday that I'm partially to blame for feeding the beast. That's what we want. We want the expectations to be super high. The unfortunate part is the flip side when things don't go as well. You get a fan base that's just as nutty as it gets. And we also have the perspective uh, we went to UK when Calipari got there, and it was freaking awesome um so naturally we are going to give a little more uh deference to john calipari and i've always thought that the best exit route would be the um turn it around like he see like ideally last year they at least go to sweet 16 or something buys a little bit of time then you have this team next year and he can kind of set off into the sunset That, that was always my um ideal exit strategy because then after you you do final four and 23 or whatever year that is uh you go be your consultant you quit coaching and then we can just have you do your calipari fun stuff like on tv and everything because when calipari's done he's not gonna go anywhere like this dude's he's when he's at his best he's on in front of cameras he's on tv he's talking like we need to have that uh or we'll probably have that so like get used to it the one thing that the, the the reason why this Texas job, TJ, I think is going to be so appealing to him and so many is I just I and I kind of alluded to it yesterday. I don't know how like the what like the reasonable like what let's spend a minute here trying to figure out how he could in theory dig them out of this hole right now because I don't really know what how that the, the train gets back on the tracks this season where you're better than a 9-10 seed? Like, well, you, you need to get hot and realistically, you know, taking in, you're going to probably drop, even if you got hot, you're going to drop a few more games. I think you're at best case scenario for, again, you could theoretically win out and you still would probably be a one seed, but that's not going to happen. And we all are uh, smart enough to understand that. But like, Let's say you get hot, you drop a game here or there. I think you could get up to like a four seed, five seed, and then you just would need to make a run. And then if you make a run, fans are going to be all right. That's the thing about regular season in basketball. You can use it. You can use it one of two ways, but it it can be really good. And then what happens last year happens, and you don't give one crap about yep. how good that regular season was, and rightfully so. Which we've had this before, where the regular season or what we're going through now, where the regular season's crap. And then March is fun. The only difference between like that 2014 regular season or the 2011 regular season or even 2018 regular season was they were competitive in those games and they yeah, did beat some true. good teams. Yep. This team is not competitive against good teams and they have well, not beaten any. I mean, I think LSU's okay. I think Michigan's okay, but like they haven't really. Be, they they have beaten fringe tournament teams, which would seem to indicate that maybe they are a fringe tournament team themselves. I think they'll get in the tournament. I agree with you. I think they'll be an eight or nine seed. So at that point, Cal, you just have to make a run from that spot. And if you do that, I do think you can have everybody kind of exhale 
and we can get momentum going into next season where you get Calipari, an appropriate send-off. It'll be kind of swan song time, and hopefully this fan base can kind of appreciate what he's done, at least early on, appreciate that he is a good dude leading the basketball program. He's not a Billy Gillespie or you know, kind of a slime ball. Yeah. And we can send him off the right way, ideally with uh, a, a really, really fun run in 2024. The issue is this team just has a long way to go, and I think it's got some major flaws where I don't know if a run's See, even possible. That's, that, I, I guess part of where I could say, okay, here's how they go on a run. Reeves and Frederick have been, I don't want to say completely non-existent, but no, I think that's fair to say. Okay. They, they've uh, been, what, what have they, Reeves what makes have they, shots when it doesn't matter. What have they done in a big game? Yeah, exactly. Um, Reeves had, I mean, the, the the fact that he scored 20 points is laughable. Uh, maybe it'll get him bad. going, though. You know, but maybe, but like, maybe that will be. But like, I think that's what, like, what, isn't that it? That and Toppin finding some sort of steady eddiness and not just being feast or famine? He's day to day tonight, by the way. Cal said yesterday with that shoulder injury he suffered. He'll go through shoot around and see if he can play. But some good news on C.J. Frederick. He did yeah. go through practice. Just a quick injury update. Yeah. But get back to your stand of how this but, team but gets I, better. But I think that that's – I mean, because there there are some just fatal falls with it that they have their limitations. Like Xavier Wheeler is fine uh, at doing some things, but he's physically just – he's short, and he's not a great defender. Oscar, not a great defender. Uh, so really, I think most of it's just going to be, can they knock down a bunch of shots when it matters most later on in the season? And they probably could. Like that. that so like that is the, I guess the optimistic way that they're you'd gonna say. get a team. They're going to get a team at home. That's going to be a signature big win. I, it'll be that Kansas game, I, I believe, and that'll be good. But here's my issue with this team. Why? Why the last few, the Missouri game, the Alabama game have kind of changed my perception on on this overall season outlook. I do think it has talented pieces, but a few major flaws, as you said. One, Oscar is a horrible defender. That's not changing when you snap your fingers. I think Cal can kind of protect him and hide him more and do some different things, like you said, doubling screens. Uh, you could play a little bit of a zone, but that's going to that's gonna kind of hurt Oscar's rebounding yeah. a little bit, and that's where you don't want to hurt his rebounding. Um, but there are some things that you can do with that. But ultimately, he's a bad defender. There's a reason why a dude that averaged, what, 18 and 15 or whatever it was last year didn't even get a sniff from the NBA. He's a terrible defender. I love Oscar. We all do. But he, he's a liability on the defensive end. That's something that I don't think changes with this team. Secondly, this team is horrible at closing out games. Luckily, when you get blown out, you don't have to worry about closing out games. But that's something that is not just... You can get better at it, but can somebody, can a team that's so bad at doing it become great at closing out games? I'm not so sure that they can, at least until they prove otherwise. So even with this team that has so many flaws, spacing, defense, closing out games, even if they get in a position to close out a game, which is tough for this team to do against a good team, that's another major hurdle to get over, and it's going to happen at some point this season. Maybe it's on the road. I hope it's not at Rupp Arena. It nearly happened against LSU where they're going to give a game away that they cannot afford to give away, and it's going to absolutely stink, and the fan base is going to get miserable again, and it's going to be terrible. Those are three spacing, closing out games, and defense, specifically Oscar, I hate you know calling him out, but how much praise have we given that dude? So I think it's only fair that we can give him a little bit of criticism on his defensive end. 
I don't think you can snap your... It's not just like, hey, they're missing shots. I mean, they're doing that too. Make no mistake about it. But they will have a game and they hit those shots. Those three things are not something that just changes overnight. Those are things that bad basketball teams... It's kind of a trait of... Or I shouldn't say bad, but like a mediocre basketball team, they're traits of them. So... I don't know if, you know, I, I hope I hope that I'm wrong, and I hope that they figure it out. I do think it's a talented team. I think it's got talented pieces. I think Casey Wallace is legitimately one of the better freshmen in college basketball. Not the best, but one of the better ones. Oscar, obviously, is the best rebounder in college basketball and one of the better offensive bigs. Wheeler is one of the best passers in college basketball. You do have talented pieces, so if you can ever figure it out, maybe you can make a run. But that's what it all comes down to for this season. The regular season, and, and I will say this, for the, for the Calipari haters out there, or the people that are just the doom and gloomers, which are, have been more right recently than not, you all said all offseason the regular season didn't matter. Keep that same energy, right? They said all along the regular season didn't matter. I don't care if they're preseason top five. All that matters is what they do in March. All right. Well, you've set up the stage, and I, I'm not as confident that it's going to go well in March. I'm sure you all are even less confident than you were even from the get-go, mm-hmm. but you all are the one that set that stage that it all comes down to what happens in March. So it, that's, where, that's where it's going to be, and UK needs to make sure they don't slip up their margin for error. You can't lose, like, obviously you can't lose tonight, and they won't, but take care of business, get in the tournament, and – as much, you know, that 2014 team will have to carry some weight that Cal has shown that he can do it for, from a weird seed spot. So maybe if Kentucky's a seven seed, then make a run. If they're an eight seed, make a run. That's what it all come down to. I think Calipari kind of knows that to some degree, that like, hey, our number one seeds, our two seeds, that's off the table. But I just need to make sure this team is going to be its best possible in March, and let's just see what happens. Because yeah. that's the tournament. Yep. And that's the beauty of the NCAA tournament. It's what's so frustrating about the NCAA tournament. And that's where we're at with this Kentucky team. Yeah, the, the one thing that I am most worried about is the overall just morale of – the team through these blowouts, how many can they withstand and still actually keep the faith? Not just say it, you know, those words can be so empty when you're mm-hmm. talking to the media. But and you have to show it. Because, like, you know, we, I mean, that, that Aaron Harrison press conference when he said it's going to be a great story, they looked down, downtrodden as hell, too. But at least when they took the court, there was a there was a, a little juice behind them every mm-hmm. single game. Like, you, you, that's true. Even when they came up short, you thought they had a chance to win. That's where. That's where this team I'm I'm worried about because there there's there's some sort of energy missing that Well it's just like that you get punched in the mouth and this team folds. Like we just need to see some fight. And previous John Calipari teams would come out tonight after getting embarrassed by Alabama and they'd win the, by forty. Yeah. You know, they they would absolutely well, crush a bad South Carolina. Eighteen team. and a half point favorites. And that's what they need to do tonight. You just need to blow them out, look good. We're just waiting for like it just the light switch to click for this team and it has not. That LSU game, it looked good for a while. And credit to LSU, they fought and then the final five minutes happened where UK just let go of the rope and was fortunate to be able to win that game. We're still looking for just a complete performance from this team and it hasn't happened which is concerning because maybe they just don't have it in them if they don't do tonight then maybe they really really truly don't have it in them all right we're going to end hour one here 
We'll come back. We will be heavy on the Thornton's text yep. line an hour or two. You we all got bring some up football takes, and I want to hear TJ's list. Oh yeah. yeah, well it's on it's on the old Twitter. Yep, no, but, uh, but I'll break it down. I'll break it down a little bit more. To Kentucky Road, you won't find it anywhere else than on this radio program. KRC on the Big X. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen on your Tuesday game day morning. Kentucky takes on South Carolina tonight, 7 o'clock, 11 hours away. Scoots, is UK going to win? Uh, yes. Woo! Yes, they are. Come on. It's at home, right? It is at home. Yeah. No, no, oh, this no is one where like, it may have been all right to be on the road because you should probably beat South Carolina on the road, too. Although with this team, I guess you never really nope. know. Roush, you wanted to talk a little football here to get things started in our number two. Yeah, because we, um, we, we did not mention some of the – there's a lot of stuff that happened. So we, we did not mention some of the returning player news that we've been getting slowly over the last couple of days, uh, the biggest of which was J.J. Weaver announcing his return to the University of Kentucky. And yesterday we also got Tavion Robinson saying that he will, in fact, return. Both players, we kind of, I think since probably a week or two after the season ended, we had a good hunch that they were going to that they were both going to be back. But you had the tweet from JJ, like, I got to do what's best for me. Um, TJ, just hats off to you, buddy. Uh, uh, salute to you for uh, – Because Dave Lackford did an eyeball emoji to that, and people just started losing their minds thinking he was going to Louisville. And then JJ tweeted, said, I'm doing what's best for me and returning to Kentucky. And then you just did the eyeball emoji. That was great trolling on your part. Great trolling. Um uh, we also, I, I think Brendan Bates was in around this time as well. Uh, Kenneth Horsey also back. So we're, we're up to four returners now for super senior seasons. And I don't, I don't know if there's any others that could potentially announce or not. But those are at least the four big ones. Um, from a tight end standpoint, Bates being back is big just because you, when your tackles are struggling, you need as many blockers as possible. That kind of, can kind of free up Josh Caddis by having Bates there. Horsey being back, you really feel firm about how the interior offensive line is going to play. Um, with those guys, uh, you, you got your left tackle, too, from the portal. Um, and then with Weaver, Kentucky, if you just look at their roster breakdown, they're going to have four outside linebackers and nine safeties. So you you think that they're going to be playing, like this year with J.J. and Jordan Wright, they played more 3-4. Probably going to play a lot more nickel next year. But you at least have the reliability of an old guy mixed in with some stars you think they have a bright future. Keaton Wade, uh, Tyrese Fearbury. So you can kind of 
you don't have to put it all on their plate right away. That would have been a daunting task. Now let's JJ, let's let's get a full season healthy. Let's create some more havoc. That the production hasn't quite been there. Let's put a full season together. And secondly, those people that you mentioned earlier, now it allows if they break out, they break out. You just don't have to force the issue, exactly. which is great. Well, yeah. that's a beautiful thing, too, because how often does that happen where somebody that we hardly talk about at the beginning of the season, it's the middle of the season, you're like, whoa, that dude is amazing. Yeah. You know, Jamin Davis is one that just like, I think a lot of UK fans didn't even know who that guy was, you know, the average mm-hmm. UK fan maybe. And then at the end of the season, he was UK's best draft pick. So uh, that that is the position you want to be in. Let those people flourish on their own time, and sometimes you're surprised by how far along they come. Well, and, I mean, Zion Childress, another player too. You bring him in from the transfer portal last year. Can't wait to watch that guy You, next you don't year. need him right away, but then by injuries happening by season's end, he's – making a ton of plays for you. So. I'm excited for a healthy veto, too. Like I yeah. cannot wait to see this defense. I really wish Justin Rogers didn't leave. UK did announce the Silver edition yesterday. Yeah, Keyshawn Silver, which I found fascinating. They um, they said that his uh, – hold up. I, I, I want to pull up the release because right, I had the email here. So there was a couple of interesting uh, uh, notes in it, um, not just the quote from Mark Stoops, but his, uh, he, his nickname's Big Country – he was raised by oh, his grandmother. Amazing, Queen Silver is her name. Great name. His mother passed away when he was a child, which is sad. But like Queen Silver, that's awesome. That is such a great name. Great name. Yeah, uh, all American candidate in high school, or uh, just an all American in high school. Uh, a lot of potential talent there, um, and I, that's another one too, TJ. Where to our point about like, do you need him right away? Maybe not. If you between those three that they've got in there, if he emerges as a playmaker halfway between the season, you consider that a net positive. Um, Justin Rogers, by the way, uh, visiting Alabama, and if you all followed this around, and like I can say it here, I can't write it because it's kind of mean. Yeah, say it here. Um, that kid definitely loves getting recruited more than he loves playing football. Like there's just. Like that's abundantly clear. His interview with Auburn after he visited Auburn, he was like teasing a secret SEC school that he was going to visit. It's like, buddy, if you're you're 22 years old. I wish him the best. Wish he would have stayed at Kentucky. Wish it would have all worked out. But what can you do? Yeah. You know, seriously, yeah. if somebody doesn't want to be here or wants a better nil opportunity elsewhere, it is what it is. I heard he he. Kentucky was overpaying for him to stay, and he still wanted to go get recruited elsewhere. So best of luck to Rodgers. But Tavion, uh, him being back, like we're going to get some Liam Cohen news soon. Dylan Ballard teased it. I – for what it's worth, we love Dylan Ballard. Yes. And I think he's got – I think he does have an inside source here. I mean, Dylan was – You did say Tuesday or Wednesday yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like – to hear it from him as well. Like, Dylan Correct. was moving Liam into his new house whenever Liam and, mo- and moving him out. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was a whole weird thing. Um, Dylan's been on top of it, so that's a good con- – I mean, we know it's going to happen. It's just when we're all getting anxious. But if Leary can stay healthy and the offensive line is better, improved, you have no reason for this team not to not put up points. The, the fact that the U.K. offense took such a step backwards this past season, you can erase all of that with a snap of the finger this upcoming season because it's it's got the most talented pieces of a U.K. offense I think I've ever, I've ever remembered. So 
should get news on that here soon. And it does seem like momentum for UK football, despite such a stinker of a bowl game, that's ancient history. And the countdown to spring is not going to be too far away, Roush. No, no. It'll be here uh, before you know it. And isn't Leary going to be throwing? I don't think you'll see him in the spring game, obviously. But shouldn't he be – isn't he supposed to be participating in spring yeah, ball? Yeah, he's supposed to be healthy. Huge enough. news. I mean, just ginormous news. Get him with those receivers. Build up the chemistry with those folks. Uh, you've got a new running back as well. Just get the pieces ready to rock and roll for U.K. football season that while I think the schedule is a little bit tougher and we've got all summer and all this stuff to talk about it, I don't think it's also – and I don't. I, I think it can be good if UK is as good as I think they can be. Uh, I, I think it could be a really, really fun season. Uh, I, or what? You got anything else on no. football? I've got one more little football thing that I just wanted to bring up because I thought this was fun. I don't want to spend more than like five minutes tops on it. Okay. But uh, Justin Rowland says college football. Well, he didn't say this, but I'm, I'll take I'll I'll take it a step further. The last four SEC champions. They're in a semifinal together. Who comes out on top? Alabama 2020, or you you have Georgia 2022, Alabama 2020, Georgia 21, 21 yeah, defense. sorry, yeah. and then LSU 2019. LSU 2019. I think I'm taking last so, year's Georgia. I think LSU's offense would score enough against that defense where their offense wouldn't be able to keep up. Yeah, yeah. Um but that is a fun. That it's a fun hypothetical. I, I think you could pick really any of them and not like it, not any. You people could disagree with you, but it wouldn't be like an egregious like you're an idiot. The the the. F- I think the most entertaining matchup would be the the LSU Alabama offense really shooting out. Yeah, because like there was Mac Jones throwing to Devontae Smith, um, who, who were all Jameson Williams. Like they had so many awesome wide receivers. But like Don't I'm going that. Bama. Don't but like hear that name Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and who who Justin Je- I mean Justin Jefferson's the best at receiver in the NFL right now. <laughs> the team a, is so nuts. And like their defense. Um, I mean, I think Ricks was a freshman there. They had uh, the guy that's with the Texans now. There's a good corner, but like just didn't really play any more college football after that year. And I, his name escapes me. But like they had some guys on defense. I, I just that that I would take them even though, like how, how many points can they score against the uh, the Georgia defensive last year? That's the thing. It's just Georgia's defensive line last year was just filthy. Yeah, and, yeah, and I think was, they're just going to embarrass any of those other teams' offensive lines, which were all very good. You know, like great national championship good. That yeah, means, like, that, it's a fun hypothetical. It's, it's a also fun... a pro football game. Is it just like you? Just... <laughs> <laughs> really, it's just a pro really football is. game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I also don't think it, it's bad betting on Joe Burrow versus Stetson Bennett. Uh, as fun yeah. as the Bennett story is, and as good as he is, and he's got more rings than those people. Uh, yeah, you, 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 maybe you just default to that LSU team because it was just That's freakishly fun. good. Fun but a lot of really good national champions all coming from the southeastern. It just conference. means more. Which, by the way, now uh, in the BCS era, there have been seventeen, five different schools. And is it seventeen of twenty five or sixteen of twenty five? Oh, I thought I thought it was like seventeen of twenty one. Because um, you got to go back to Tennessee. Feels like ninety eight. I think they were the first BCS national champions. Yeah, then I'm not sure the number. Um, but either way, like it's easier to count the non SEC teams. What two Clemson, one Florida State, and uh, Ohio State, Florida State, Miami, Florida State, Miami. 
Miami get two. We're probably missing another. And then one. Ohio State. Miami only got one. Ohio State got one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so like there's like seven or eight non-SEC. Jeez. Domination. <laughs> Need the Cats to be a part of the party. SEC. And with Liam Cohen in this defense next year, you Woo-hoo! bet your sweet buns. I uh, just wish that Georgia game was in Lexington. Just bet those sweet buttons, Guess baby. We'll have to just win between the hedges. Huh. Should be no problem. Hey, let's get to the Thornton Stex line. Let's see where we are. Just go up to the Tuesday. Is it possible that we're going to be the next Indiana? Cal always talks about the Kansas game, how we beat them, and that's how Indiana is when they beat us. No, no. because Kentucky didn't make popcorn boxes. UK fans don't celebrate that win. If not even, not even comparable. He's not even like trying to brag about the win. He's just saying Kansas got their ass kicked by us and then won a national title. Correct. Like that's his. That's why he's bringing that. Saying game. like, hey, just because you lose, lose badly, you can be okay. That's but how Indiana was. That's not a really. Also, of... Indiana's only won national championships with one coach. Kentucky's won it with four or five. Well, it was uh, everybody Rupp, but Gillespie and Joe or uh, Rupp, Eddie Joe Sutton, B, Tubby, Patino, Cal. So five, five coaches. It's impressive. Duke is more likely to be like Indiana than anybody. Texter says, it's dry January, not sober January. What if other vices are also being excluded? Hmm, Texter? Wow. What about that? Not saying that's the case, but (laughs) you call it whatever you want, I'll call it whatever I want. All right, buddy? As stupid as it may sound, we could lose out, and I'm still taking my chances with that class next year, and at this point, I'd be shocked if that's not Cal's final year. The issue is, does Cal want to do that? I think what Cal is probably thinking right now is, how much longer do I want to coach? And if he thinks it's a extended period of time, then Texas five years, sense. then yeah, Texas yeah. makes yeah. sense. If he thinks that, you know what, in two, three years, I'll just be ready to retire, then it'll be... Then weather the storm. Then it'll yeah. probably be Kentucky. Yeah. Um, and that's what I think he'll probably have to figure out. And I, what do you all think? Do you think he wants to coach longer, or do you think he's getting close to wanting to, to hang it up? Keep coaching. I can't tell because of how. I think he wants. I don't think he wants to seems. coach. I don't think he wants to coach a lot longer. I, I, but I could be wrong about that. I think the guy also enjoys a personal life. I think he enjoys his family. I think he wants to. I also think his interests outside of the sport make him want to do something different. But we're all talking out our butts. It's just mm-hmm. opinions. We could be totally wrong about this stuff. But that's, I think, ultimately what that Texas decision comes down to. Do I have got five more years left in the tank? I may go to Austin if they do want him, which I'm not so sure that he would be their number mm-hmm. one option. Or do I see this thing as a maybe two more years and then I'm ready to do something else, like Roush said? I lean towards the latter, but it could definitely be the former. I don't know. Oh, one texter says, we missed on Terrence Shannon. I guess decided not to produce pursue Baylor Shireman at the three. Baylor Shireman had the shady agent, and UK was just like... they. He was like, he was asking for, like, I need this many minutes, I'll need this many shots, and yeah. we need the nil deal to hit the bank account by Tuesday. And Kentucky just laughed at him. Yeah. I was like, well, okay. Because, like, basically they were like, we're going to offer you this, and it probably would have checked the boxes, but since they demanded it, it was... Uh, that being said, yeah. could definitely could definitely have helped. Uh, uh, both th- would be massive upgrades over Reeves. That doesn't solve our problems, but it's immediate, It's probably the difference in where we are right now versus being a top 12 to 15 tennis team. The the thing with Terrence Shannon I didn't understand is that dude is so t- he's tough as nails. I can't believe that's a TV show, by the way. 
Uh, oh, I've tried watching it too. It's so bad. It's, I, Scoots probably watches it though, right? Do you watch mm, Tough as Nails? No, but the, you have to think about it. Have, <laughs> you have to think I, about well, it. You I, watch Tough as Nails? I watched it. Um, I watched the first couple episodes. It just didn't get me. Now the one I do like the one they've got out now, like the military training. Oh, with yeah. all the celebrities, that one's good. On Fox, I'm yeah. sure it's overproduced. The toughest nails was just like, all right, we need you all to build this church for us in the fastest time possible. Go. I guess <laughs> it probably wouldn't be a church, but like they're yeah. just doing like they're doing like public projects. Yeah, I mean, you know, here, here, one of the things I saw was they had to see how fast they could pick up trash in like a cul-de-sac. I'm like, yeah, I'm. I wanted to do. I could just follow my garbage man. And like, it's just such a bad name for a show. Tough as nails. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, uh, still, still going on though. That being said, Terrence Shannon is like th- this team is just missing some dogs, unfortunately. And Terrence mm-hmm. Shannon, uh, he's got that dog in him. Let's see, is he doing anything in Illinois this year? Wolf, wolf. Illinois has been underwhelming and disappointing. Yeah, Scott Clark dipping. I love the idea that you can't like both Kentucky and John Calipari. <laughs> <laughs> There are people like that. Be a fan of Kentucky, not Cal, TJ. I <laughs> uh, think John Calipari is a stand-up dude. He's always going to be good by me because he gives back and he tries to help others and he uses his platform for good. That being said, I wish he was doing a better job with UK basketball right now. I didn't see a lot of people getting mad uh, about his call show last night. Now, granted, I also, like, don't tend to see some of the angriest of folks, but um, I guess he checked all the right boxes. A lot of it, too, uh, last night they used the co- coaches' show to announce that uh, Mike Pratt will have his jersey retired awesome later this month. Very awesome. Still um, kind of ticked off that like we have guys like uh, Phil Grawmeyer up there who, what did that guy do? And it, 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 it took this long to get Mike Pratt up there. I really wish he would have been around to see this. I don't know why it took so long. Uh, that was my kind of first it's like, thought. It's like, seriously, like what, what are we waiting on? With some of these jersey retirements, what are we waiting on? Uh, same thing you can say about UK football, where we have like a bunch of dudes from five-win teams in the 60s in the ring of honor. And what are you doing for the other ones? And here's what happened, TJ. And uh, I'm going to blame Mitch Barnhart for this because I don't know who else to blame it on. They started the UK Athletics Hall of Fame because they were like, we can't just hang up jerseys all the time. We're running out of room. We're running out of real estate. So we're going to make this Hall of Fame as a as an ode to people, but we're right. not going to actually put it anywhere where people can see it. So that the way we teach, like the way I learned, like unlike intern Jacob, like I would go to Kentucky football games and I would like. I mean, you're a kid. You just stare and read the names on the side of the stadium. So yeah. I would be like, who is Shipwreck Kelly? Like, that's a cool name. Mm-hmm. And then my dad would have to tell me about Shipwreck Kelly or Bear Bryant or Howard Schnellenberg. Like, that sort of thing. Same thing with Kentucky basketball. That's how you pass down history. That's how you learn stuff. And they just haven't done it. They've completely dropped the ball on honoring these people in visible places where the next generation can learn them. Um, when was the most recent Jersey retirement? Was it Mashburn? I don't know. I think it's Mashburn. Like what? Didn't they do somebody? No, no it was it was a boat. No, it wasn't Bogan. No, they did somebody recently. They did somebody more recently, but now I can't think it of up. it. I always liked Freedom Hall having the Kentucky Sports Hall of Fame just the like, throughout the concourse, and and now the Yum Center has something similar along one of their concourses. 
but very cool for the family and well earned and deserved. Tony Delk was the most recent. That's okay. And they, you know when they did it? When was that? 2015. Jeez, it doesn't. Seven years to retire another jersey? What the hell are you doing? Two people since 1992 Jamal Mashburn and Tony Delk. Man. It's just ridiculous. And it also just seems so arbitrary who they pick. Yeah. You know? Why are you. Mike Pratt was the. Like, the best thing that Mike Pratt did was bridge the old with the new. Is it true that Pratt brought, like, made Mitch Barnhart hire John Calipari? He, he, People always talk about Pratt being. He such played. A... He basically talked him into it because Mitch had trepidation about his character issues and all that sort of stuff. And Pratt was like, Pratt was like, no, dude, hire this guy. He's the best man for the job. Speaking of character issues, how about we get to my list? Oh, yes. Love character issues. Uh, Number one, is it the Must Must? Dare character. No. Um, Let's see. I feel like Muscleman is, or, okay, Jay Wright is the pipe dream. But, like, that feels almost unobtainable. That's like Billy Donovan back, like, asking for a third time. I, I may, and I don't block people. But I may have to block people if you bring up Brad Stevens. If you see a UK fan bring up Brad Stevens, I, I, we just need to nip that in the bud. Can we that's, not be that fan base that does that? That's Indiana's guy. Lay off him. U of L was getting him too before they hired Kenny Payne as well. <laughs> Please stop. Brad Stevens is not going to to Kentucky. Uh, he's not leaving, running the Celtics to for any college job. Quit. Okay. I don't think Jay Wright would do it either. And I don't want Billy Donovan. Don't even want Billy Donovan. Don't want him. Don't need him. Don't want him. He's Jay Wright, if you if Jay Wright really wanted to come to Kentucky, then sure. But I don't that, – that, that, that feels unobtainable. Yeah, I, I didn't include any, like, fantasy land names. So, one, I've got the must bus. I just think he's built for a job like Kentucky. He's I got also some think, March success. I also think he may say no to UK. I think Arkansas could probably really up his ante, get that wall, sweet, sweet Walmart money. Easy scoots. And they may not, must I think, may be hard to be able to pull. Number two, surprise for some people. And there's no way Mitch Barnhart would hire this dude. Sean Miller. Anybody checked out the top 25 lately? Guess who? Guess, Xavier in there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, he's a good, he's a good basketball but, but, coach. But, he's a great but, recruiter. But. Yes. That's why you can't Mitch Barnhart hiring because he's not going to hire the best guy. No, he's, he's not going to hire He would never him. hire Sean Miller. Not in a million. I'm more likely to get hired for the job than Sean Miller. All right. Then I've got number three, Bruce Pearl. Also another guy that Mitch Barnhart most likely wouldn't hire. I know a lot of people don't like Bruce Pearl. I get annoyed with him too. But how many of you all felt warm and fuzzy about John Calipari before he took the job? Is, this is another guy that would embrace the role. He'd recruit. You'd always have good players in the program, and I think people enjoy Bruce Pearl's style of basketball. Is he? So I feel like that was something people would say, like I don't know, a couple of years ago. When you mentioned Bruce Pearl, he didn't even really cross my mind going into this. No, I think he you know, should be on the list. Where's he at now? Bruce Pearl's at Auburn. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Scoots, you're a college basketball guy? Scoots, are you just stone to the bone this no, morning? No, I forgot where he was. Sorry, guys. Jeez, old Pete. But Bruce Pearl, so for a while, I, I had the same vibes about Bruce Pearl, but he doesn't, um, like, I, I don't know. I just feel like there's a... Times change your mind somehow? I feel like there's a ceiling with Bruce Pearl. Like, he went to a Final Four with Auburn. Can you see him winning a national title at Kentucky? I don't know. Yes, absolutely. And I think you 
could make a case that, like, you know, he – similar to Calipari, that, like, all right, I've done really well in my career, but the only thing that I haven't captured is a championship. Let me get to probably one of the easier platforms to win it. Yeah, he, he, he would leave Auburn, too. I yeah, think Auburn's too. a bunch – it's a fraudulent new money uh, – basketball school number four i've got nate oates i actually think i probably move nate i don't know i, I wouldn't hate the nate oates hire but also wouldn't love it uh, i mean top, i shouldn't, I shouldn't say that top I, of second tier for me i shouldn't say i wouldn't love it but he wouldn't he is that probably next year and then i think who mitch barnhart would most likely hire i've got number five and by the way, I love the reaction from so many people that were like, not Chris Holtman, better not be Holtman, better not be Holtman. Couldn't agree more. Like the dude, I think that there was a path somewhere along the line, but he just hasn't done enough for me. It cannot be Holtman. But so many UK fans said that, that I think the pressure would be on Barnhart like you cannot hire this guy. That's good. Let's keep that same energy when this day comes that UK does need to hire another. But who I think that that Mitch Barnhart's first call would be, realistic first call, Scott Drew. Yeah. And I, Scott Drew also doesn't do it for me because um, he's been at the same place for 25 years. Wait, where's like, he at? I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I will say, he's though. At, he's at Baylor for what, the people that may not. What is, uh, what is, and, you know, I'll, I'll maybe throw an asterisk on it, but, like, when you say, like, like the pieces that Scott Drew won a national title with at Baylor – are very similar to the pieces that John Calipari has this year, where it's like you've got one or two first-round draft picks. Uh, you've got a bunch of transfers from various levels of the sport. Like You can compare a lot of those pieces to this team to what the one that he wanted there. Um, but, yeah, he and he that, – I think the overall sentiment I have with all of these, though, TJ, is that if you compare the pool of coaches – this go around to the last pool of coaches that Mitch Barnhart had when he hired John Calipari. What more Hall of Famers in that first group than in this one? Like I just I don't. A lot of these guys, it's hard for me to see them becoming these superstars at Kentucky, where they're winning national titles and considered some of the best coaches ever. Maybe maybe I don't know. I I'm I'm kind of with you on Holtman, but there is one thing. If you paid attention, that Sensenball guy, right, Scoots? Isn't that his name? Yeah, Bryce Sensenball. Back-to-back years. So it was Malachi Branham last year, Sensenball this year, where it's like he takes these like relatively unknown low five-star, high four-star wings and turns them into lottery picks. They don't win a ton of games, but like it feels like he's kind of a poor man's cow right now. Yeah. You want So that's who you want? No, no, no. I'm just saying like I can see how – there is some sort of appeal there, but not enough winning in March. And I also think that, like, you can't make – like, the part that would make Nate Oates a disqualifier for some is they would say, well, but what's he done in March? The thing is, is, like, Kevin Ollie won an NCAA tournament. Tom Crean went to a Final Four. Mm-hmm. Like, just, March success should not be the end-all, be-all. Billy Gillespie, part of the reason we hired his ass is because he just beat Patino at Rupp Arena the year before. Like, you can't – There's. it's got to be a mix of both. Um, I just want somebody that's going to be able to get good players in, plays an inter- entertaining enough style, and it can be the personality needed to be the U.K. head basketball coach. Is that so much to ask? No, but in all seriousness, you got to be able to get good players in, first and foremost. shouldn't be that hard to do at U.K., especially with the nil situation. 
I don't care about proven or not for the same reasons you said. You know, that's why, like, we joke about, like, can't win the big one. You can't win the big one until you until you do, and then everybody shuts up about it and you move on. But it's such an easy, like, little troll thing to do. Uh, but Scott Drew has won the big one. I don't think it'd be the worst hire in the world. I just, he wouldn't, you know, I've got my other top three. But realistically, yeah. that's probably who Mitch thinks is going to take over. They align from a, they're, they're very, I think, similar people. And I think that's probably going to be who he'd want, or at least his first call. And then Scott Drew's been at Baylor since 2003. They're probably, you know, he's the best coach that they have ever I mean, had. He was probably. He's won a national championship there. It's like, what more can I do? Yeah, yeah, you're right. And they have some high standards there, too. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, he's a God guy. I forgot about that. So, yeah, he's definitely. God, God. Yeah, God. You've, been, you've been alluding to it. Um, I did make a mistake, too. Uh, my apologies. Uh, Big Blue History has these kind of, the organization of the retired jerseys is off. Sam Bowie in 2002 was the only one before Mashburn in 2000. So there's there's been a couple. Kenny Walker in 01. So there's been more since the Unforgettables in 92, but it's still not that many. So there you have it. All right, we're going to hit our last break. We'll come back. We'll keep ripping and roaring through the Thornton's text line. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Look, I, I don't know what your bank is telling you. This is a real check. I signed it myself. It's written in glitter, man. Can't you just, you know, like, write me a regular size check? With Walker and Roush. Maybe you should try a different bank. A big bank. Bigger bank? As a big check department? That's what I do. Down the street, you can hear a scream. You're a disgrace. And she slams the door in his drunken face. And now it stands outside. And all the neighbors start to gossip and drool. Welcome back. One final segment. Kentucky Roll Call. Love this song. Scoots, it's Taco Tuesday. Jimmy Hendrix Deep. Woohoo! That means Salsarita's coming right up. Oh, yeah. Salsarita's two locations in Louisville, Middletown, and St. Matthews. Middletown has a drive-thru. Check them out today. It's delicious. Download the Salsarita's app. It'll save you time. It'll save you money. And you'll scan it when you're checking out, and you'll accumulate points, and then you'll get free entrees. But it is such good food. We talk about it every day. It makes us hungry every day. Let's continue with the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. A texter says, are we getting Ian Jackson? Seems to be trending away. According to Travis Kraft, who does great work for Rivals.com, he said that he was blown away by his UNC visit, and it's head-to-head between the Caps and the Tar Heels for a late January decision. He's also visiting Arkansas. Graf uh, says that Arkansas is a little bit behind the other two. Is it bad, Roush, that I don't necessarily like care? Because I don't think Calipari would be the coach in 2024-2025. Yeah, and also... like, uh, no, I shouldn't say that I don't care. But like, even if he commits to UK, I'm probably not jumping over the moon because who knows if he'll, if he'll want to play for whoever the head coach is at UK at that time. And here's the other thing. I don't want him to go to UNC. Why is this though? kid making his decision now? Yeah, I don't understand that either. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, so I'm not worried about it. Um, I am. I, I don't like the fact that he said Jasper Johnson is going to visit um, Tennessee for the game this weekend. Which, who in their right mind would ever want to go to that fo- that basketball game? That just sounds like a nightmare. An absolute nightmare. God, I got a Jasper Johnson update this weekend, and I cannot for the life of me remember what it was. Scoots, just stay off the weed, man. Stay off the week. It's not even a Wednesday. It's not Wednesday. 
Well, stay off the booze. You know, those 20 pound, 20 pound, 20, 20 pound, pound, 20 ounce uh, dark beers, man. You're forgetting <laughs> everything. You're, you're wearing Bruce Pearl coaches, your Jasper Johnson update. Yeah, I can't. Gosh, I'll I'll think about it more. Jasper Johnson looks like an eleven year old in does. his rivals' uh, profile. He looks like an eleven year old in real life. <laughs> uh, texter on the Thornton's text line says, "We are one bad loss away from being firmly on the outside looking in. That's the one thing we have working in our favor right now." I, I also don't know if I totally agree with that, but one bad loss would put UK probably on the bubble. So yeah, who cares? You're, you're, I'm not not enough to argue with you. Well, hair splitting. But they don't have a bad loss. That is that is the you, okay. So that's what you're saying. Gotcha. I do agree with you. Lonesome loser slaps. Thanks for playing that one, Scoots. No problem. Uh, Scoots is really happy with this theme today. He thinks it's like the Da Vinci Code to try it's, to figure out what what. <laughs> What it is. It's not as good as yesterday. Just listen to the words. <laughs> Just listen to the words. <laughs> Roush, he was like, yeah, during the first break, he was like, I've got a little theme going on today. And Roush was like, yeah, I, I think I get it. <laughs> he was like, no, 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 you'll have to listen to the words. Listen to the next song. It's a story. And then the next song plays. And Roush was like, yeah, no, it's pretty clear. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for crushing Wheeler and Toppin. Severe has been a solid player. He's always plays hard. That said, Cal tying himself to a 5'8 Georgia transfer and a guy from Rhode Island who is supposed to be a good role player at best is what's hurting this program. Reeves has been a huge disappointment as well. Cal has said multiple times he's taking talent over experience every time. We now see why. This looks like a team with one NBA player, and obviously that's his fault. 90% of college basketball coaching is roster construction. Well, who was the... They had to have a high school kid that they whiffed on at point guard this class, right? Um, was there or was it, was it Wallace? No, I mean they thought that they were going to have Wheeler back. They thought they were going to have they had Wallace in, and they thought they were going to have Shaden Sharp on the wing. Oh, okay, that changes things. I, I can't imagine a worse scenario in the history of UK basketball than this Shaden Sharp situation. Yep, just absolutely just I, couldn't here, have gone couldn't have gone worse even if he tried. For uh, that, two teams he could have fixed one, either one of them. But yeah. just said, eh, I'm good. Fixes neither, and both are just kind of in somewhat of turmoil. Watching some uh, 1920 highlights with Sestina in rather than EJ, we played awesome five-out stuff with Richards in the high pick and roll. Badly needed that kind of thing back. <laughs> Interested to see what Cal does with Bradshaw next year. My guess is he plays him primarily at the four, but I don't know. But then who would be the five? Yeah, Bradshaw's the five. Um, I will say that point out Sestina. You're going to be the five. Yeah, you know, that's yep, probably yep. going to be the five. But I'm all right with that. If, if Uganda's the five and they play Bradshaw out, I'm all right with that too because then you could have Uganda just be the pick-and-roll, roll-to-the-rim, alley-oop guy, and then Cal's teams just have to have a shot blocker. And I'm still really high on Uganda. I, I love that guy. I, I wish he got more minutes, even go go through the growing, learn through the growing pains. Tonight should be a good Uganda game, hopefully. Get him out there. But, Go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say that the four stuff, though, finding a stretch four has been Calipari's biggest. I mean, who's his best kind of space? Like Keon Brooks was a nice stretch four. But, like, I would probably say, like, Terrence Jones, right? And then it's huge drop-off, Derek Willis. Derek Willis was solid. But, like, that, that that's one position that's kind of evaded him throughout his tenure. I guess you it. could consider P.J. a stretch four when he was playing yeah. with Reed. Yeah. And he was really good, obviously. And PJ was really good that second season. He was good that first season, too. Yeah, his free throws. Huh. 
He had a broken finger, man. Uh, Texter says, any local people going to report on Cal Texas stuff? Not a peep from anyone around here. I'm not sure if that's sarcasm or not. Everybody was tweeting about it yesterday. I, I, I don't know. That's it's probably sarcasm, right? But and they, I don't know what time they sent it in. Was Keyshawn Silver a higher-rated recruit than either Rodgers or Goodwin? Let me pull it up real quick. What's up uh, with that? Yeah, he was higher than Rodgers for sure. Let me check Keontes because he got moved around a lot. Can at we the get end. much higher? Um, so uh, Silver was the number 23 player in the 2021 class. Uh, yeah, Goodwin finished 55th uh, consensus, and Rodgers was 52nd. So there you go. Wow, better so, player. Although he wasn't ranked in some places transfer portal rankings, which is a little disappointing. Yeah, transfer portal rankings are a crapshoot. What does it say bad. about the modern era when a coach's highest rated recruit comes in transfer portal versus high school? Does it mean anything other than the need for fans to shift our personal paradigms? I don't let you take that one, Roush. <laughs> I don't think it means any. I, I, I mean. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it says other than you want the best players. And the the one thing that I was bringing up, like having Goodwin and Rodgers both hop in the portal this year, there is something to like how Kentucky handles these high profile recruitments and how well they're how well they're turning out. Like I think there there is something about like maybe that they, they are can be a culture problem if they don't have success right away. Whereas, like, Barry on Brown is very similar, but he's had success right away. So, like, nobody's bitching a moaner about him, right? Like, mm-hmm. same thing with Lynn Bowden. He wasn't even as highly as ranked as those guys. But when you have those outliers, uh, I think they almost have to have immediate success or it can be troublesome. So, man, but I don't, I don't think it matters. Portal, recruiting, get the best players. A, I lost my spot. A texter says, hoping this is a be careful what you wish for leak from Cal. It did cross my mind that, like, I wonder if Cal just wants, like, you know, to get some of his defenders to kind of rally to him. But, no, I, I think he's legitimately going to be interested in Texas. I think Texas, there's legitimate interest in Cal. Why wouldn't there be? Um, I still don't think they'd be number option number one, but I, I don't think so. But it did cross my mind as well, texter. I don't want to see Holtman's name on any list. If he wasn't from Nicholasville, he would not be in consideration. See, this is the stuff I like to see on Twitter yesterday. A lot of people saying similar things. If that gets loud enough whenever the coaching change does happen, which we have made clear on Kentucky Roll Call, we do not want it to be after this season, uh, Holtman's well, name should not right be now, considered. Yeah, I mean, if it gets really bad, I might just be like, oh, God. They have really, to. though? Like... Let's just assume it's gonna probably stay. You know, let's just assume it stays similar if, to if what it is. If you keep piling up the, like, uh, I, I don't know how ca- how they could do another off season with this much negativity. As long as you know what I mean, class like, is coming in, and you know he'd probably go get a nice portal player too to keep us like get us no, excited I mean, about something. I, personally, I, I think so, but like there's there is they can get bad enough to where nobody like the general consensus is just completely out on Cal and. What I was surprised by, and I don't know how scientific this is, um, but BTI has a post coming up where he surveyed. He, he called them common fans that aren't necessarily on the line. Yeah, and it, just, he pulled them from different, like, but like pretty much the dozen people that he talked to all had the same sentiment of Cal. If you get it to where there's an overwhelming negative opinion, like I just, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. So That's we got Dana O'Neill doing anonymous coaches and BTI doing anonymous fans. Yep, yep. But like, I do see a scenario where it could happen. Um, and if it's like if you don't make the tournament, like, I just don't know how 
it can be healthy enough to move forward. Like I, I can see that scenario happening. I don't want it to happen, but I can see it happening. A texter says, Coach's show tonight, right? Will he be asked about this? He was. He answered it. Uh, I thought ultimately gave good answers. Pretty bold to ask, like to send that into a text line at, <laughs> for a show that's obviously after that coach's show. I'm sure this will come off of sour grapes or misdirection, but it's hard to overstate how badly the Sarp situation farted us over. Yeah, they really did. If I'm being 100% honest, I'm not super convinced okay, by any names on the potential coaching list. Muss, Oates, and Lloyd, Lloyd being the coach out of Arizona, are good options, but not sure things by any means. Scott Drew's solid, but Baylor isn't exactly having a great year. And please cre- keep Chris Holtman far, far away from this school. <laughs> but, you know, what would what would be considered a sure thing? you got to get somebody that's – there's no sure things in coaching. Yeah, there, there's there never is. But I think the point that I made earlier is there were a lot less. Like Izzo back in ten or or oh nine mm-hmm. had been to Final Fours and was very successful. Like there there is there doesn't feel like the same amount of college basketball landscape's different too. It's kind of this new era of weird. coaches. Yeah, and also one thing to consider is like look who Duke hired. Look who UNC hired. Look who Louisville hired. Yep. Look who IU hired. And IU, it's actually probably going better Bunch than some of, of those other places. Former players. Although UNC to go to the title game last year, but as an eight seed. Do uh, you have a chance to make a good hire? Where these other schools, I think, kind of just did the easy thing or did you know what other people told them to do. You have a chance to go get somebody that can eject life into the program. And one thing that I, I, I do think Cal's probably lost a little bit of his hunger just as a competitive person he still wants to win and i still truly believe he hates losing he how many times he mentioned that last night on the coach's show like nobody is more upset about all this than me good he should be but he does have his national championship he is in the hall of fame the next coach i want somebody that feels like they need to do those things as well that they they've got something to prove they've got to get a title or they've they want to rack up titles i want some legacy guys a texter says wtf what the fart is hashtag Twitter files, TJ? Oh, oh it's we so interesting. We don't got time for that. So interesting. <laughs> I don't know how people aren't more interested in government censorship and all that good stuff, but it's fascinating. Uh, it's history, and whether you're right or left, it is really, really intriguing. Um, another text on the Thornton Sex Line says, I do agree with you, TJ, that I wish some media people would simply say if they want Cal to go rather than beating him in the bush, be clear and direct. If you think he's no longer the best person to lead the program, say it. It's not hard to do. I, I want Nick Mingione gone. Seems like a great guy. It's not personal. I want UK baseball to be better. I've been pretty clear about my stance for, what, Roush, three years now. Uh, Kyra Elsey, again, seems like a good person. I, I, you know, do I, do, if UK women's basketball is great, does it change my life much? Probably watch a game here and there, watch the tournament run every now and then. So, yes, I want it to be good. It's not good. It's just not good. So, yeah, I agree. People just need to kind of be clear. But a lot of people like to play the middle ground because they don't want to pick the wrong side. Why is Freddie out here on Twitter saying Kentucky scored 16 on Georgia? Heck, we have no room to talk. We're one one if not the only SEC team not to score a touchdown in bowl. Okay, you're just citing a bowl game that Kentucky didn't have any of their players in is just, yeah, come on. 
I think it's interesting that UK played Georgia as close as anybody, but UK also lost to Vanderbilt, so, you know, the season's over. I'm looking yeah. forward to the next one. Yeah, but hey, transitive properties, <laughs> you all would have beat TCU by 48, and they were in the championship Good game. way to look at it, yep. Scooch. 48 point. This yep. texter was really high on TCU and had bet TCU. They said, I was a little off with TCU. Two out of three, LOL, realized 96% of the money was on TCU with the points. I did not realize that. Uh, did, that's I, crazy. Yeah, that, good, good for you, Vegas. Finally going to win. I just hope I'm not doing what I did in 2021 season where I kept telling myself Cal will finish it, but I think he fixes it this year. I'm as upset with Cal as anyone, but he's still our coach, and I think he's still the right guy for the job. Excuses are just excuses, but UK and Cal have had some really bad luck and misfortune the past couple years. Sharp on this team is a game changer. Reeves is so far of a whiff as a replacement, similar to Askew as a replacement for Cunningham. Both bad luck situations. Cal will have a strong finish to the season. I refuse to believe otherwise. I love the optimism, love the attitude. I will push back a little bit on bad luck versus also just misjudging players, and that is... Could partially be a little bit of bad luck, but like, you know, you had to know that Devin Askew wasn't ready for that position that you had put him in. You just have to know that stuff. You cannot be that wrong about that stuff. Um, and, they, and they were. And same with Reeves, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. At least up to this point. We'll give, maybe that, again, maybe that game is what Reeves needed and he's about ready to blow up. I hope so. I do suspect if a competitive offer is maybe Cal would likely jump at it. Is, is the part of Branham's quote that I want to know why he thinks that? Is it a gut feeling of what he has heard? If Texas offers eight to nine million, that he's leaving UK. That's where you go read Ben Roberts' story. Uh, subscribe to the Herald Leader. They do some good work over there, and he explains it like he thought Cal was going to leave for UCLA. He thought he was getting stale there, and it's mostly the the setting of and the circumstances of which Cal is now currently facing at Kentucky. Well, that quote says to me, and I don't know if this is true or not true, but what it says to me is if the money's right, Cal's going to go. But yeah. Cal's also not going to take a huge pay cut to go do it. So that's what it says to me. We'll see. Uh, you know, we've got to mm-hmm. – it won't, and nothing will happen until the season ends, so we still have some time before we get, really have to get into it. Uh, that long one was a repeat. Levis went 20-31 for 206 yards, one touchdown, one pick versus that Georgia defense. The Heisman runner-up isn't faring as well. The only other QB that did better was C.J. Shroud and Bryce Young. Last year. Last yeah. year. Why I think Levis should be a – QB three in the draft. Yeah, the Georgia his production in two years against Georgia is what's going to sell him to a lot of NFL teams. Oh, awkward when at halftime David Pollock says Georgia has taken control of college football the past couple of years with Saban beside him and Saban just looking the other way. Oh, that's what Saban needs. He needs. Especially coming from a Georgia guy, rat, too. Rat poison. Yeah. Why does every te- other team in college football make scoring look so easy? I hope Stoops is watching. Scoring points is fun. Yep. Yeah, well, Liam Cohen's going to come here to do it. Kirby says, I met McVeigh's wife at a bar in Naples in 2020. Ooh. Absolute smoke show and sexy voice, if you can believe it. Kirby, eat, boink, settle, boink. Settle boink. down, Kirby. My buddy tried to pick her up before he knew it. It was who it was, and it was obviously it didn't go well. She was hitting a weed pin that we had a nice moment over, but I didn't ask to partake, and I regret it to this day. Yeah, also, McVeigh was in the bar, and we were contemplating going to ask him about Cohen, but his bodyguard heard us talking and hit us with, he doesn't want to talk to you, don't go over there, in a very matter-of-fact voice. Good times. Go Cats. <laughs> Kirby rubbing, rubbing elbows with the best of the best. I love that the wife was fair game to not only hit on, but smoke pot with, but, but you uh, can't talk you know, to don't, even look at, don't even look at Sean. Ooh, Fiona say at the time so you could have i mean it's nice that she's a smoke show again it's about time rich people finally start to clean up in the in the in the woman department also the voice and description you gave about giving the mob what they want and then saying they don't want him fired is an exact description of the nerd 
Call a spade a spade. I'm not sure what that means, Kirby. I don't know. Either. I've never watched the coach's show before, but I like pretty much everything Cal said. When you watch it and then see how the quotes are framed on Twitter, you can see a bit of a spin of the or the context is missing and the places that get people the oh most Oh, my upset. gosh. This Exhibit A, Jeff Drummond and Roush's back and forth of the standards. You all are idiots. All of you are idiots. I cannot believe any of you all took any of that seriously. The standard is the standard is the dumbest thing ever, and it's what Mike Tomlin's. It's like the Steelers' mantra. It makes no sense at all, and every time I see the standard, I just say, oh, standard is a standard. You're like, what? what does that mean? It means nothing. It's gobbledygook about the Steelers. I was having a conversation with my pal, who's also a Steelers fan, and everybody was just like, oh, so you don't believe they count? No, it's a dumb Steelers quote, you idiots. Goodness gracious. Hey, fellas, Brad from Bellbrook here. Old man and I were talking yesterday about our favorite Cal teams to watch over the years. My dad said 2012 was his favorite because – Quote, championships are all that matters. And quote, I had a hard time deciding between Cal's first year and the Mox Funk Bam year, but ultimately decided on Cal's first year because John Wall is my favorite athlete ever, and that's pretty hard to trump. Which year did you all have as the most fun watching and why? Have a tubular Tuesday. What? I don't recall the Mox Funk Bam year. 17. He's, he's giving you hell for saying Mox Funk Bam instead of Fox Muck Bam. <laughs> oh, I said Muck yeah. Fox. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. you talk for two hours a day, Scooch. <laughs> hey, where's Bruce Pearl coach at? My bad, everybody. My bad. Um, <laughs> I do appreciate that you give that 17 team the props. Without uh, taking into account maybe tournament results, it's tough to pick against that 15 team. I mean, that was just so fun. Like we were I was so at the UCLA loud. game in Chicago. We were so obnoxious. So much fun. The game would be on, and you'd be like, well, you're going to win. And they actually did play some close games. They went to, what, double the overtime? LSU game was That close. LSU game. Yeah. But, like, that was just a real hoot. And then it was just like, start, are they going to do this? Are they going to do this? So that the, the emotions of that, I think, are kind of untouchable. But Sports in a rain, own. a 30-minute show. How do you beat Kentucky? Yeah, and like each time the game would end, it'd be like UK remains unbeaten. It'd be oh, on the and bottom. we didn't have Carl Ravitch and Jimmy Dykes calling every game. That's true. Yeah, two lost teams should never get into the four-team playoff, especially one that barely squeaked by a horrible A and M team and a good but not great LSU team. Well, they lost LSU by one, uh, but Alabama again. We mentioned it. The new system automatically has six teams from different conferences. I can't see the SEC getting more than three in. Why? Why not? Why do they let any team outside the SEC in the playoffs? It would have been much more fun. Bama, Georgia, Tennessee, LSU. I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. I thought the early signing period was for early enrollees. Well, you can still just enroll early. You don't have to sign. Yeah. Like, that That doesn't eliminate early enrollees. All right, got to do our predictions. We'll put a pin in it here. Uh, I Man. still wish we could kind of finish this up for tomorrow. God but bless you all. Are, whew. Whew, that's a lot of time. We got this. Show. A lot of text. I'm sure we're going to get some tonight when Kentucky cruises past the South Carolina Gamecocks and JT Post and their head coach. Uh, I'm going to take. Uh, well, you're not up. So uh, you, uh, just let me go. We're hurrying. Uh, Kentucky by uh, 15, a, so 80 65. Hmm. I'll let you pick your MVPs. I'll go last with MVPs. UK. Uh, I will take UK 72, USC 50. Oh, first cover since November. Give me South Carolina 70, or Kentucky, sorry, 77. <laughs> Kentucky 77, South Carolina 66. So, a close one. All right, your MVP, Oscar, I'm guessing? Absolutely. All right. He bounces back. Go ahead and give me Wheeler. Oh, man. 
I was gonna heel turn, severe wheeler. Who are you gonna take Wallace? Reeves, uh, let's do Toppin. Wallace. Bounce back game for Casey Wallace. Everybody enjoy your Tuesday. Go Cats, baby! We'll be back here to talk about it tomorrow. This is Kentucky Roll Call and Big Exports Radio.